Ahoy there, landlubbers! Whispers in the Sea is an actual play series drawing elements from stories of fantasy horror, political drama, and swashbuckling action and adventure pirate stories. As such, a list of content warnings will always be made available in the description. You find yourself longing? I see. For civilization and people. Why? Do you not find comfort in those of your seafaring companions? Not born of the sea, my friend. I'm born of. Uh, well, you know where you found me. <laughs> Locked away in a cage, far away from anyone else. The cage was a small uh, misstep. One of many. And many more to come. Maybe somewhere along that path you will find the right self. But for now, people, and song, drink, and smoke. About a stone's throw away from Portside, do you want to explain to me what it is exactly your business is here? Yes, yes, yes. Here's the deal. One of my connections uh, told me that there is a deal going down between uh, one of the... Not one of the sharks, it's another one of the higher merchants up there, very infatuated with uh, pirate culture. He's a collector of sorts, and apparently he has something from, if you can believe it, one of the old pirate lords. And I don't mean like one of the last ones, I mean one of the first ones. The ship grows cold for a moment, eerily chill. The boards start to creep, and... The sails start to shift in color, and the sails become almost a field of stars. And the, all the ties and the ropes holding them are mixtures of the, the same turquoise, tealish, and fuchsia that's found on Bryn's markings. The ties seemingly untie themselves, and the sails begin to roll up, and the, the ropes tie them off. And for a moment, the ship is, seems almost still. What are you carving? I haven't decided yet. I kind of figure out its shape about halfway through. I have a sibling that does wood carving. It's kind of what they've said as well. Really? To find the piece in the wood. Let its soul bear itself to you? Something like that. I don't know if wood has soul or identity or anything like that. But... On a ship like this, you don't think that? In a ship like this. Wood is wood. Might be special wood, might be magic wood. It's wood. The, the world has much more to offer than you could ever know. Your family will be happy. You will be happy. Just find peace with those moments. May the Celestials guide you, and may Stardust always be underfoot. There is fear in her eyes. She has felt this connection that she has made with you. There is this moment that there is this horror, this... She cannot tell if you have taken something from her. She has felt this weird, this strange connection with you. And before you can properly gather your stuff and walk away, she sprints away, yelling, bringing a great amount of tension in your direction. He starts singing in a very, very broken habanish, uh, very... I imagine, like, what he is singing translates as, like, Oh, song and glory and divinity and light and song and so creation. 
while everyone is distracted. Uh-huh. This is this is where Felix starts like actually he is scanning the crowd. As you're scanning the crowd, trying to uh, see any sign of anyone who might be dragon marked, you do notice there is this figure, tall, probably about six feet, six two. As they are passing by, as like someone's like running past them, you get a quick look at their face, and you see it's kind of gaunt and scaly, and they have blue reptilian eyes that kind of flash at you. The painted fleet is here. What? Why? What? Those fuckers? Where did you get your information from? How did you know about Sergio? I, it was, I, I know a guy. I know a lot of guys, but this specific guy, he works for the, the nurse shark. I don't remember his name. No, he works for I one don't. of the. He works for one of the sharks. Why? How many people could have gotten this information? They're bringing on crates. Uh, uh, so, so I, I, I think Felix says, like, aloud, talking to Donnie. Where am I? Well, you should be. My friend, you must realize that's not an answer. Take a look. go up to the blinds of the door and kind of like peek through and you see that outside of it is this massive room it is this kind of almost enclosed courtyard high walls of white stucco uh horseshoe arched doors leading out of it and then the middle of it is this kind of like reflection pool uh on one end of the pool is this kind of makeshift sitting area it's got this large rug and paper screens on either side and lounge chairs kind of laid out and there is a larger man in here he is this copper-skinned man with large reptilian feet almost dragon-like three horns come from his head and he's got this like really deep gray beard fingers brimming with jewelry as he lays here there is a person uh, over him kind of fanning this large leaf <laughs> to fan him off and in one hand he has just like a goblet and he is sitting here waiting for something and you see another person enter through the door on the opposite end and it is the blue lizard eyed person you saw before walking in uh we're going to come back to Bryn. Bryn, what are you doing as the as the cops are trying to the cops jesus as the blue coats are, <laughs> as the real. blue coats are trying to apprehend you 
Brynn kind of <laughs> slides the locket into like her waistband, like in contact with her body, and then puts out both of her hands to um, either of, of the blue coats and is like, it's probably best to put me in bindings, yes? Like reaches out a hand to each of them. They were not expecting you to just do that. And one of them starts reaching for their cuffs. Avery, by this point, you have met up with uh, the captain and Thorin. Look, I, 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 prom- I, I promise, I, I'm sit. just getting Stop. some food and nope. uh, I can go back. L- I'm L- sure. Listen here, you little shite. I don't care. If you have a glorious opportunity to immediately make it up and we never speak of it again, you wanted to be a part of this, didn't you? Of course, of course. I, I would love... Bryn is being apprehended by bluecoats. I need you to go with me and wave your silk shirt and your fancy documents to explain to them why that's a bad idea. Is... is okay. Hanno, see to Felix, if you would. Yeah, of course. And she turns to look towards where he is, and he's gone. <laughs> and, like, the people are there like, what's going on? And, like, this cloud of smoke is dissipating. She goes, I don't know where he is. Fuck, I don't know where he is. All right, I'll find him. I'll find him. I'll find him. You go with them. You go with them. And we'll, like, take off (laughs) running. Thorin doesn't run, but, you know, immediately tries to have a disposition of extreme calm in this situation. No anger. He knows how to finagle with government authorities. So he comes and says, Ah, Bryn, we're just about to be... Oh, goodness. Uh, Lads, is is there anything I can do for you i'm I'm sorry has something happened you know this one uh why yes of course she's the wayseer for our for our ship we've been thorin pushes avery forward we've been traveling with a representative of the with the billingsley trading companies as you'll see uh i'm sure this must be some kind of misunderstanding but please uh whatever you feel is appropriate uh avery uh yes, of course, of course. This is this is our my navigator. We would need her back for dealings on the ship. What has what is what has happened, good man? Well, it seems your navigator. Wait, you said if you have any questions at all, of course we'd be happy to answer them, sir. Is she? You know, there's just some some. Uh, yes, there was a bit of a commotion. She, you know, that she was a part of. We just got to ask her some questions. You know, we got to get the other lady too, make sure that nothing, you know, no harm was done. That kind of thing. A commotion is is she responsible for what what I'm seeing over there? And I like gesture to all the smoke. And they turn up to look and they go, wait, what? And I'm guessing it's in like the opposite direction. Yeah, yeah. like it's like up there, and she's like run off there, and like they see the smoke. Gentlemen, I believe there's something much more pressing at hand over there. I saw a woman running by earlier. I thought she was maybe running to help someone she knew. Uh, so it sounds like that you are uh, trying to hoodwink them, Avery. Give me give me a roll plus polish. Okay. Do you have rank with Avery, Thorin? Yes. Uh, if you would like, this would be a situation that you could use Bond to add plus one to this roll, if you would like. That's why I called him over here, was so we could work together to fix this garbage. Okay, so I add my two dice plus my polish and plus one. That'll be a 14. Hey, yo! There we go. Okay, <laughs> uh, with a 14, you pulled it off. You point off to this cloud of smoke, and they are immediately like, oh, yeah, look, 
oh my goddess, and like uh, like take off running and up the stairs uh, towards the smoke, leaving the three of you here. Time to go. But, uh, okay, of course, um, I run back to, I was at a certain stall. I run back to that stall. I was in the middle of a transaction. So sorry. <laughs> when, yeah. Thorn, when Thorn sees you start to run off after we've just, it's like, where in the God's name are you going? It's important. <laughs> if your ass isn't on that ship when we're leaving, we're going without you. I hope you understand. I was buying a small pendant from this jeweler and I'd already picked it out. I was like in the midst of, you know, whatever. Mm -hmm. I, I pay the jeweler and I book it back to the ship with the two, the two kebabs still. <laughs> awesome. You like run onto the ship with the kebabs in hand and like Fontaneva is sitting right there hand out as you run past her. Didn't get in any trouble, did you? Uh, of course not. Okay, cool. She'll take a bite out of it. Bryn, what are you doing? Um, I think Bryn uh, takes a moment and kind of steps next to Thorin and puts uh, a hand on uh, his shoulder. Um, I appreciate the assistance, but maybe next time it might be best to leave out words like Waysir. People in these parts aren't too keen on the dealings of Belenutians, but I do appreciate your assistance. Whatever. You're welcome. That you're not going to jail. I can handle myself, Thorin. Then handle it. Look, you're probably just better off at this point going towards back with Avery, if you'd like. Obviously, it is up to you, and I mean that genuinely. But avoid the blue coats, whatever you do. This could not have gone more sideways. Well, if it's any consolation, I spoke with the woman, and it seems our friend has been gathering a few items from the spiritual folk in these stalls. And I have a belief that similar items to this, and then Bren pulls out the locket, may also be in his possession. It may not mean anything to you, but I do have a little bit of a special connection to these things. And I think that maybe we could use this as a way to maybe connect it with its missing pieces, if you get what I mean. Of course I do. What do you want to do in regards to this? You've given me information. It's reasonable information. We have only a few hours until this deal is supposed to go down. I imagine that it might be best that we, or maybe as a group, we move around and we see if we can find a way. I believe that this compass may lead us to other pieces of itself. What I believe is true, that piece of itself is stored inside this individual's location, then it might lead us right where we need to go. So be it. What is going on at this point in Felix's direction? Uh, in Felix's previous direction? So he's just totally poofed. Yeah, he's gone. You all have no idea where he's gone. In the direction now, the guards have gone around and you hear them all yelling like, there was a guy here. He was he was singing and he had the smoke worm thing. And now he's gone. It, it blew up like a. he said his name was like Lunia Lotters. It was a while. <laughs> like they're like they're very confused as to everything that's gone on. Where's the captain? Uh, you don't know. She ran off to find Felix. I guess Thorin's going to head in that direction as well and is going to whisk Eldorus back into the air to find literally anyone. Felix, Hanno, Dragon Marks, 
whomever. Absolute clusterfuck. Bren, what are you doing? I think Bren puts uh, her hands in her pockets and kind of strolls alongside Thorin, just smiling a little bit and shaking her head, just in awe of the spectacle of everything going on. Cutting back to Avery. As you, like, you're back on the ship. What do you do as soon as you get back on the ship? As soon as I get back on the ship, I've, I've given the kebabs over to Fontaneva, and I think I go back down to wherever, like, my bunk is, and I'm going to get out some paper, and I'm going to start writing a letter. And also just getting myself out of direct view for whenever people come back on the ship to not be in the immediate line of fire for leaving when I wasn't supposed to. Okay. Felix, back where you are looking through blinds of this (laughs) storage closet door, uh, looking out onto this enclosed courtyard as you see this cloaked figure walking up to the reflection pool across from the kind of leisure area of this obviously dragon-marked person. You see uh, the bigger guy kind of gets up and the person who was fanning him like stops fanning and then like goes over to this uh, rack behind one of the screens, pulls out this huge like kind of decorative uh, coat and dresses this man. And you see uh, as he comes around, he says, it took you long enough. I was starting to worry that you got cold feet. (laughs) Good to see you. And you see uh, the other person come around and she removes the cloak uh, from her head so you can see uh, fully uh, what she looks like underneath. And uh, you see a similarly scaled-faced woman. And the kind of uh, robes that she's wearing are only slightly obscuring the long, pale tail peeking out from beneath it. She makes a toothy grin back and says, it is very good to see you, Sergio. And they start conversing, but, but what are you doing in here? I think for a while he's just listening. I don't think this is the first time that Damien has, uh, has gotten Felix into a situation that he wasn't necessarily prepared to be in. So he is, he is mulling over his options here. The two of them begin to go back and forth. You hear the name of the woman. Uh, her name is Estefania Alabastra. The two of them seem to know each other quite well. There is the sense of like, she's very stiff and reserved, uh, calm and collected, while he seems to be like a, a bit uh, more kind of loose, uh, a bit more kind of, he's a bit more lax. As the two of them are talking, you realize that they are beginning to walk in your direction. Felix, Felix sees little option but to take another uh, puff of the pipe and uh, get a get another roll of uh, of dark magician here. Yeah, no, go for it. Eleven. I get to choose which one I'm doing. What what else is in this uh, is in this uh, this room? Uh, as you take a look around, you see there are mostly like crates and barrels, but you also see that there are like shelves along the walls of various artifacts of different kinds. You see on one shelf, there's like this large tooth, it looks like, could be from some kind of large uh, sea beast, 
could be a dragon's tooth. You're not quite sure. Um, but it's just this large ivory tooth. You also see that there are other things like smaller chests and like maps and like jars of things and liquids. And this seems like kind of like it's a storage room of a collector who doesn't value the things that are in this specific room well enough to be presented. So Felix is going to, for for a scene, he may change his appearance via illusions. I think what happens is he, like, crouches into, like, a corner, and the smoke that he exhales, like, surrounds him, and then it clears, and it's just another crate. He's doing prop hunt here, uh, and he's, uh, he's taking the form of a crate. Almost as you do that, as the smoke uh, dissipates, uh, the door you hear unlocks and opens as uh, Estefania and Sergio uh, walk in. And you hear him says, you are going to like this. I know it for sure. I, it took me a lot to get my hands on this, but I believe that uh, you may be able to help me with it as you, you see there seems to be a certain trick to it that I can't seem to figure out myself, but... Uh, one such as yourself, uh, <laughs> I'm sure you'll be able to get it. And he goes over to uh, one of the chests on the shelves, takes it down, takes out uh, like a ring of keys, finds the one for it, unlocks it, opens it, and takes out a small scroll case. Now this, <laughs> this map, this is the good stuff. We are going to cut from there to Bryn and Thorin and Eldorus as you all hear a whistle from up and above as you all are kind of walking around looking for the captain. You see her over the railing whistling down to the both of you and says, hey, get up here. Uh, I run to do so. <laughs> Bryn like, kind of speaks up and is like, Thorin, if you wouldn't mind, I'd, I'd like you to accompany me as I walk. And Bryn starts to kind of make her way slowly like up the stairs. Thorin does not do that, respectfully. <laughs> respectfully, that's not going to be an option for the state of things. <laughs> Thorin, you immediately run up to the captain, and the captain looks off as Bryn slowly is making her way up the stairs and goes, What are you- On with it, come on, quickly! Bryn, Bryn looks up at the captain and just kind of gives, like, a little, like, shrug, <laughs> and puts her hands back in her pockets and keeps rolling up. As, as I'm walking up the stairs, is anything changing with the locket? As of this moment, no. Nothing seems to be changing. Eventually, once you do make it over to them, uh, and the captain just kind of goes, all right, Lady Bryn, taking your time. Look, I think I know where they might be. And we'll uh, walk you over to one of the uh, hallways leading like further into the fort, away from this main kind of merchant area, where like a lot of the private rooms and stuff are. As you're walking by, you can hear like laughter and like kind of like partying and stuff in like some of these private rooms. And you're seeing like a few guards every now and then, just kind of walking. But there comes to a point where you hit a crossroads of multiple paths, and like before you can get there, the captain kind of stops the two of you and like kind of pulls you closer towards the walls. And she kind of motions for you to like look down the hallway. If the two of you take a look, you can see that there are a lot of blue kids down this hall, and not just like kind of standing and guarding, they are posted up in a way that I think the two of you may have seen before. It looks like it's an ambush for someone. 
Not you all, obviously, because they aren't looking in your direction. But they're looking down this hall, and you can see further down this hall is a large open courtyard with a reflection pool, and at the far end, what looks to be some kind of lounging area. Cutting back to Avery, I think you finished writing your letter, and as you're just kind of sitting in your room, you hear the sounds of commotion coming from outside. Yeah, I tuck my letter back into the book, and the little pendant with it and like shove it back under my pillow or something. I go back upstairs. It's nothing more than a peek that you really need. As you are coming up, you see like ships are leaving. Lots of them are hoisting anchor and leaving. It seems odd as you see, like they're all just kind of like one by one. You see dock hands like helping like get shit on and like having ships leave. You see this large bulky turtle ship. It is a long vessel with kind of armored clay plating over the top rather than just having an open deck. It is all underneath this armor with uh, kind of open holes in the sides in a way that if one wanted, they could put bowmen or cannons on either side to be able to use to shoot out of these holes. And it's weird, right? Because you've seen that you've probably seen either depictions of this kind of ship or heard of these kinds of ships before. And it's odd because uh, this is a ship most common to Buknan or Nambut. But it's got a Union flag on it. It's Navy for sure, which is odd because neither of those countries are a part of the Union. And it docks, lowers anchor. And not everybody's out of the port, obviously, yet. People are still around. People are still here. The, the painted fleet ship is still here, that's for sure. You can always tell when blue coats are around, not just because they're kind of arrogant and like let you know that they're around. For some reason, whenever enough of them have gathered, there's this sound of chains rattling, almost as if each of their wrists and ankles were shackled by something invisible. And you can hear that clanking now as one by one they all begin marching out of this ship and onto the docks, pouring out, standing in formation as their captain steps out of the ship. A short woman, about 5'4 or so, wearing blue, silver, and gold with this kind of beret on and a whip at her side as she steps off, looking around, smiling, calculating. They all stand at attention for her. And you catch only a glimpse of her face, but it is enough because how could you forget this face? This is the face of someone you've seen before, someone you spent a lot of time with during your childhood, a schoolmate of yours. Gabriella Angeli, you'd heard that, you know, forever ago, that she had dropped out of a, um, a conservatory somewhere. Uh, violin wasn't quite her thing. Uh, you knew it never was, it was more her parents' thing, but usually you end up forced into it. She decided not to. You heard she became a pirate at some point. Now here she stands, captain of her own ship, in blue coats in front of her. Felix, you are standing here in the corner with your illusory box surrounding you. The two other people in this room, Sergio Diaz de Leton and Estefania, cannot see you. 
This room is filled with crates and chests and boxes of what you can only imagine to be priceless treasure, jewels, coins, and artifacts that have just kind of been put away in here to be hidden away from people. Not good enough to be put on display in a case or hung up like trophies. This is the excess. But in here as well is the treasure that you believe you are all after. Because in front of you, Sergio is holding the case of a scroll. It's an old leather case with kind of two metal caps at either end. There's nothing special about it, at least visually, but you know it must be something. By the way that Sergio's lips curl into a smarmy grin as he holds it up between the two of them and says, This, this is the good stuff. Stephanie uh, kind of looks at him curiously in response and he goes, I know that your people would want this and you can have it, but first I need you to do something for me. I don't know what it is or what it says. And I know that you have the ability to discern the truth out of things. So uh, I just want you to do that. I, I, I need to know what this thing is, this uh, treasure, this artifact. You know, they say that this is from one of the pirate lords, not one of the regular ones. No, 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 no. None of the ones people know. No, this, this is from the other pirate lord. You know, Felix, that back before everything, back ages and ages ago, probably around the time relatively close from the waters receding from the world flood and land returning to this place, that eight sailors, or eight pirates as they're known now, got together and they wrote the laws that all pirates follow, the ones that you all follow even now, relatively, each of them gave one law. Or at least that's what the story says. But it's strange because there are nine laws. And what Sergio seems to be alluding to here is that this is from this alleged ninth pirate lord, one that no one knows anything about, one that has primarily just been myth. When that you know the names whispered around in pubs and shadows on ships as Tordanet, the Lady Web. Okay. Do we know which of the laws were made by which of the sailors? People have guesses of who came up with which laws. So as you all know, or as all of your characters would know, the nine pirate laws, or also known as the Code of Black Arms, originally in a language that is not that is not spoken anymore. It is a dead language. Um, and so the versions of the laws that everyone has are translated, and they are not necessarily translated correctly. And depending on what language you translate it into, it is a little different. And so some people choose to follow them in different ways. But the main part here is that in the Code of Black Arms, it refers to what people now know as pirates as the original name for them, Parachkas, which translated into Marvellian means Sailors of Honor. With that being said, Sailors of Honor shall not idly bear witness to the sinking of fellow Sailors of Honor by a mutual enemy, is Rule 1. Rule 2. 
Sailors of Honor shall honor the right of finders keepers. Can also be translated into catchers keepers, depending on the language. Rule three, an oath is only as thick as the blood spilt when making it. Rule four, sailors of honor shall honor the right of parley. Rule five, sailors of honor shall not kill a person who has surrendered to them. Rule six, sailors of honor have a right to equal share of all treasure found or caught, depending on translation, by their ship and crew. Rule seven, sailors of honor must respect Our Lady the Sea, for there is no force greater. Rule eight, sailors of honor shall honor the right of fisticuffs. And rule nine, sailors of honor must stand together against our mutual enemies. And those are the nine laws. The eight pirate lords that you are familiar with are Captain Cesar Gabasa, also known as the Sea Dragon, Captain Rene Duray, Captain Wu Minsu, Captain Lou Trottier, also known as Wisp Caller Lou, White Ida, Vincent Sharp, Captain Lorene Chaucer, Captain Minsu, also known as God's Finger. Okay, that's fucking cool. May I ask, how are these laws enforced? By other pirates, individually. Uh, some captains choose to actively enforce them, some of them more passively. It's more of a community thing. There is no governing body of, uh, of pirates, at least not anymore. The pirate lords no longer exist. Uh, they were either killed or assimilated into the Union Navy. There is no one to enforce these laws other than the individuals who choose to continue to keep them amongst pirates. I feel like it is mutually beneficial and singularly beneficial for crews to abide them because if you stray against them, if the vast majority of ships are following these laws, then if you see that flag that resembles that clan that you know to be just bastards, they're going to fuck you up. Exactly. Because you become the mutual enemy, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It is very much... You are a sailor of honor. You keep your word. And part of that honor is that you keep these laws. And if you don't, then you are not one of us and you are an enemy. So, Felix, those are the nine laws and eight pirate lords. But you have heard tale of a ninth one, someone who gave an additional law known as Tordanet or the Lady Web. So, I think... I think Felix is going to wait to see how she responds. Okay. You see as Estefania looks very curiously at this scroll, and you can tell on her face that there is this desire for it. If not just, you know, purely because it's something that is valued, it's something that has piqued her curiosity. And you see that there's a moment where she starts to, like, move to, like, reach for it, and then she turns to him and says... How do I know that you will keep your bargain? Once its secrets are revealed, you could easily take it from me. How could I trust that you will keep your word? Ah, <laughs> uh, you have a good eye for business. Yes, uh, one's word is uh, tantamount for you pirates. Yes, <laughs> I know this. I know this. Look, how about I give my word? We can do whatever ritual uh, that is held closely by you and your crew as a means to uh, make deals. Surely this is acceptable 
Yes. And there's this moment where she kind of backs away a little bit and goes, you are not one of us. You do not keep our laws, our honor, our code. You have no reason to follow our laws. An agreement from you means nothing to me. Then how about gold? I'm imagining his robes have like deep pockets in them. And so he reaches into his robes and pulls out what is like a two fist sized bag of coins and gold. Not only will I give you this now and like pushes it into her hands and says, you can have anything from this room that you would like. Whatever I need to do to make you comfortable. I just need to know what this map is. All right, Felix is hurt enough. Um, here's what I'm picturing. This, uh, this, this illusion of a box is, of course, uh, made of smoke. And I think the smoke is sort of dissipating as he is approaching Sergio and, uh, and unsheathing a length of wire uh, from his sleeve, which he, is, uh, which he is going to promptly use to uh, strangle him. Okie dokie. This is going to be use a dirty trick, not in order to kill him, but in order to properly catch both him and the much more wary Estefania to be able to just sneak up unnoticed uh, as this is happening. So uh, when you use a dirty trick against an opponent in a fight, roll plus vinegar. <laughs> oh, oh my God. Okay. We didn't cool. weep. <laughs> it's a 12 awesome uh on a 10 plus you can get away clean or you can up the ante your choice i think so getting away with this would just be you being able to you know get up uh and like get behind sergio without either of them noticing and being able to kind of take him out before anything happens i think upping the ante here I don't know. I, I think upping the ante here would allow you to get some additional benefit from here. I have some ideas if you can't think of anything that you would like. Here's the thing. Felix doesn't necessarily not want to be noticed by Estefania. Mm -hmm. I think he wants to talk to her. Okay, awesome. So describe what this looks like when you do this. So I think what happens is like, the instant he wraps the wire around Sergio's, uh, you know, neck, he just like, I think he just like immediately like says to Stephanie, so please don't panic uh, about this. I don't think either of us really care about this one here. Uh, I do care about that scroll. It seems you may have some knowledge of it, which I, 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 I would be interested in perhaps sharing. I would also like to take a lot of things from this room, if that's okay. As you're doing that, he's just like in between your garrote, just struggling, <laughs> like trying to reach back. But you're like, you're trained at this. You are so good at this specific thing. And he's struggling, but he's slowly, his life is slipping away from him as this is happening. And Estefania- As God intended. As God intended. God he's dropped the chest and the scroll onto the ground, clattering across the ground. You see Estefania very quickly, like, almost like as soon as this happened, like does kneel down and pick it up, but isn't like running away. It's like shocked face looking at you, like very calmly speaking to her. Uh, and she goes, who are you? What is the meaning of this? 
Oh, well, he, I mean, he, he called you a pirate, right? I guess that's what I would call myself. With who? Oh, don't worry about that. You'll meet them later, I'm sure. You see that she's reaching towards her belt, uh, where uh, a dagger has been hidden beneath uh, beneath her robes. No, 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 none of that, none of that. Please, please, please. There's been a, there's a, been a lot of talk of secrets in this room. Rest assured, I'm quite familiar with secrets. I deal in them quite a bit myself. I think we can help each other. What can you help me with? One who hides in the shadows, listening to conversations they shouldn't be listening to. How do I know that you won't kill me as soon as you get what you want? (sighs) Because, for better or for worse, I have people that are keeping me accountable. And, um, I am supposed to get that scroll, but, uh, I can only kill one person at a time with this. He's still struggling. Yeah. (laughs) Struggling at his neck. He's like, like in a couple, he's like about to go. And, um, yeah, I, I think perhaps you should talk to the rest of my crew. They are not the type that would murder. It's really mostly me. And why should I listen to you? And this is her asking if you have something to offer in the case that you were trying to parlay with her. I'll offer two things. One, you get first pick of anything that's in this room. I'm, I'm, I'm going to take stuff. Absolutely. But you can, you can take whatever you want first. Second, at least until a different arrangement is made, you can hold on to the scroll. All right. You are parlaying. When you parlay with an interested party, offer something and roll plus polish. Okay. Yeah, that checks out. That's a six. Mm. Uh, you do get one experience point. We're going to cut over to Bryn, Thorin, and Captain Hano. As the three of you are in a hallway, not too far away from here, looking at about a dozen naval soldiers preparing an ambush into what looks like a lounging room. There's like a reflective pool in the middle of it and like what looks like a lounging chair at the far end with some screens and stuff. There's no one in there, but the dozen of them are seemingly are preparing to go in. And you see that the person kind of in front uh, seems to be kind of giving silent orders through hand motions, kind of being like, okay, you go over there. You're going to go over there. We're going to surround. We're going to move in like that. And they're about to give the go ahead to move in. In fact, they do give the go ahead. And you see them start rushing into the room. What do you do? I think Bryn, like upon the door clattering everything, kind of looks sharply over at the captain while kind of, like in their hands, like in like their pockets, like thumbing over the compass and just kind of looking at the other captain waiting for any sort of in, in inclination of what they might have. This is a bad situation. We need to round up quickly and leave. Yes, no, I agree. 100% I agree. Is this the room? I'm, I'm pretty sure, right? This has got to be the place where it is. Why else will the Navy be here? Okay, two options. We can either go in, try to fight these people and figure out what's going on, or we could go. I don't know if we want to get up in arms with the Navy. Captain, take Bryn back to the ship. If that sounds good to Bryn. But someone has to go back to the ship and start setting things up to sail. And if I'm not back at the ship by the time things start to get really hairy out here, 
You have to take off. Come back in a week. Hopefully I'll have Felix, if this breaks bad too quickly. I won't put my crew at risk for our vanity of item. They are running into the room right now. Things are happening very quickly. I, I, Captain, you could hold on to this and Bryn uh, puts out, like, a uh, compass. Yeah, sh she'll hold out her hand to take it from you. And I could do something like this. And, and Bryn kind of, like, uh, quickly, like, steps over and, like, starts to, like, phase through the wall into the backer portion of the room. Okay. Yeah, sure. Why not? Yeah, that's a thing you can do. <laughs> that is a thing you can do. Thorin never asked for these mystical shenanigans. Back in my day, we just walked. So you are trying to round the other side from outside of the walls and then coming in? Yes. Okay, understood. Now, yes. You can phase in, go around, and then phase in the other way. Yes, you can do that. I like to imagine that just some random person sees this and is just like, is that a fucking ghost? <laughs> what the? So what happens here? Are you just trying to get a better angle on them? Is that what's happening? Um, trying to get into the back of the building, um, in like the back rooms of the building before they could, or like, or at least like try and like, like look into the back of the building and like get a look of everything in there. And if I need to just phase back out of the wall. Okay. Bryn, you phase in through the wall, moving away from, uh, your other two crewmates. It is an overwhelming feeling to move through solid stone and stucco and brick as you go into what is at first like a kind of side bedroom in this hallway where uh, two people lie upon a bed like under the covers they screech in horror as you phase into the room and then move past them and facing into a different wall as Brynley goes like the second wall like she turns back she's like oh my apologies and like <laughs> keeps going they silently like watch in horror as you do and you keep moving through room and room and room until eventually you find yourself moving out of those kind of side rooms and into what is for a while just wall and brick and mortar until eventually you find yourself into a storage room from behind where Estefania is staring at you and questioning you, Felix, you see Bryn kind of phase in through the wall. Felix just goes, oh, hello, Bryn. Hi, Felix. Estefania turns, what the, and like draws out what you assume to be a dagger at first, but turns out to be a book. That's somehow way scarier. <laughs> he pulls out a book, opening its pages. I will not be killed here also real quick question am i still strangling the guy or is he dead no he's dead by this point <laughs> okay. yeah, no. uh, sergio is dead in your arms and as bryn has faded through the wall you can hear the sounds of commotion outside as if a dozen people are marching cutting back to captain hano and thorin bryn has just phased away from you okay so bryn has decided to do that I'm going to go to the ship. I'm going to get the rest of the crew ready. You bring back Bryn and Felix if you can. If you're not ready, by the time we are ready to raise anchor and leave, we'll be back in a week. Don't die. Will do. And assuming we live, we're all participating in a workplace communication course after this. Fine. All right. I'll see you there. And you see she starts running off. 
I feel like Thorin can kind of get away with, I'm a concerned citizen about what, what the, all this rigmarole is. So I think he's going to play on that because I have a plus one to polish. Not to try to directly engage with them unless they do, but I'm just going to kind of follow in the back. So you're trying to hoodwink them? I'm trying to hoodwink them. Of course. So when you hoodwink someone with a clever lie, like trying to blend in, <laughs> roll plus polish. All right. What'd you get? Snake eyes. Ooh, That's oh, snake eyes. Shit. That's snake eyes. Okay. Plus Big yikes. one polish. That's a three. I like no. this game. That's accurate. First roll. That's accurate for me. I have terrible luck. Why would I play games? With that... I'm going to give you angry as a weakness. You're just so pissed off. No one has listened to you. Everyone has gone off to do their own thing. And now you're like, fuck, this is the only thing I have left to do. That's the only thing I can do other than just stand and wait. As you are like running and you see that all of them begin to take formation around this door that we, the audience, uh, would know leads into the storage room where Felix Brin and Estefania are. They all take position, uh, six in front, six in back. The ones in back are holding spears and the ones in front all have swords at their sides. They all draw them and prepare. And there's this moment of silence as they all like march in formation, get ready, and then like are just waiting for the signal to go in that you stick out like a sore thumb. You don't take formation and like a couple of the ones in the back turn to look at you as you're just kind of like standing there <laughs> with this huge raven on your shoulder. And to that, Thorne says, Gentlemen, I know this as a as a reasonably fair establishment, though it has its corks. What could be going on? If is their property in danger? What could be going on? Just trying so hard. Are there civilians in there? Are we worried about the civilians? I can help. When I was a lad. I have a question for you. Yes. How long has Thorin been pirating? A long time. Uh, at least two decades. Maybe two and a half. In those 20 years, how many bounties do you think Thorin has <laughs> on him? Oh no. A few? A couple? Oh, no. Did you say? One or two. Oh, no. One or two? At least one? Yeah, maybe two. Probably two. Do you think Thorin has been given a nickname? This is your opportunity to say something really cool, so... <laughs> Don't waste it. <laughs> Let's go with Thorin Raven's wing. Or Thorin Raven wing. From inside of the storage closet. You all heard the sounds of marching and then stopping. And then you started hearing like the muffled Thorin kind of trying to talk his way. <laughs> and like, I think there's like a moment where like the three of you just kind of have this back and forth look like what is happening? You should probably leave is what's happening. And then there's a moment where you just hear, hey, isn't that Ravenwing? <laughs> And Thorin, you see as the six that were behind with spears all turn with their spears now pointed at you. Seeing this, Thorin goes, so what if I am? And that means you're a pirate, aren't you? Best there is, bootlicker. And you're welcome! <laughs> and fucking books it. And fucking fails. <laughs> That's so good. Uh, give me a break in or out. When you see an opening to break in or out, roll plus blood. 
That is a six. Blood plus two, that's an eight. Nice. Awesome. On a seven to nine, you will choose one from the break-in or out list, and I will also choose one. You suffer harm or weakness. You hop from the frying pan and into the fire. You lose track of something important, or you leave evidence or attract attention. I'll take harm. Okay, awesome. And then I am going to choose you hop from the frying pan to the fire. God damn it, Kenrick. That's the worst one, I think. That's the That's bad the one. That's the worst one. Classic Kendrick. <laughs> so as you try to like start running off and like one of them like gets at you uh, with their spear, like as you like start running and they like catch you like in the arm or in the side, you are going to take one harm. And then uh, you start booking it. And as you go out of the doorway that you had previously come from, uh, like trying to essentially book it, I, I imagine, are you trying to like head back in the direction of the ship? No. Okay. Where are you? Where are you going? Fucking elsewhere. Uh, we're on an island. Yes. Correct. Uh, currently, you are in a former fort. Is what Paraiso and Contrado is. At this point, basically, what I'm going to do is I'm going to, best I know, leave the way that we came, assuming I don't run into any trouble, and basically run inland. As you are heading back out of the hallway that you came from, you run into Captain Hano running back in your direction, who goes, nope, 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 don't go that way, and like grabs your arm and tries to take you a different way as you see another group of naval officers running in the direction that is from the docks. This is going great, guys. <laughs> We're going to cut to Avery. You are on the deck of the ship looking at the platoon of naval officers who have just sent a group of people further into uh, this fort in the same direction that you saw all of your other crew members go in earlier. You see that Anjali is still out here. She is she has ordered people to go in, but currently is just kind of pacing on the docks back and forth. She is sending like uh, like half a dozen, like six uh, naval soldiers in. Uh, you kind of have heard her barking out orders uh, to like get a perimeter of the area, make sure no one escapes. We have to make sure that this job is pulled off quickly in order to get what we want. The other crew members of the Bois Perdue have already made their way back onto the ship. Like they started filing in as like other people like started coming in as well uh, as like other people started to leave uh, so on and so forth and are like kind of like starting to get the ship ready as if it's like they're getting ready to leave. But you hear like emotions like where's the captain like we're like they're missing people and you hear Fontaneva like starting to give out orders as far as like. Not, like, loudly enough to be, like, to bring attention, but, like, hey, start getting shit, like, get get the crates, get the supplies, get them in the storage room, like, we gotta get ready, because as soon as the captain's back on, we're booking it. What do you do? I obviously, like, I'm gonna do whatever anyone is telling me to do in order to get the ship ready. I'm guessing they don't really, they kind of all kind of do everything around me, and I'm just kind of, like, reaching for, like, ah, okay. I, I could, uh, okay, never mind. And so I'm just going to get out of the way a little bit. And I want to go over to, like, the side where the ship came in. And I want to use my investigate move, if I may, and, like, look over the ship more thoroughly. Okay, can you read it for me, then? Sure. When you investigate a scene in detail, roll plus vinegar. On a 10+, plus, ask two questions. 
on seven and nine, ask one. On a misc, ask one, but the fates will only answer yes or no. And then I have a list of questions. Cool. So roll plus vinegar. Okay. So I got an eight. All right. On a seven to nine, ask one of your questions. Is there something here that I can use to my advantage? What is it? Hmm. You notice that despite all of these other ships having left, the one that you saw earlier where people were carrying crates from, that one's still here. The one that uh, was alluded to, I believe, earlier to you as being... Painted fleet, right? Yes, the painted fleet. Well-known pirates. I think as you're looking, like, as you're looking around, trying to see, okay... They just send a bunch of people in there where everyone else is. They still have people here. If we needed to thin out the amount of people here in order to give us some kind of advantage, you could probably find a way to direct their attention towards the Painted Fleet. You also know that the Painted Fleet left out a bunch of crates or like started like they took a bunch of crates to a bunch of different places that have their symbol on it, which could be something to get the Navy's attention. Did I, like, see a number of crates coming off? Like, do I have a general number of how many crates? Uh, I don't know if you know the full amount. I think you know there's, like, four, five, six. I think last time, because I asked you that question, it was, like, six to ten. Yeah, six to ten sounds about right. You also know that there's one not terribly far from your current ship. Kind of uh, in that food court that's, like, right off of the gangplank of the ship. How many Union Navy people are still on that ship? Like, does it look like a substantial amount? You can't see inside of the ship. Is Oh, there's nobody on deck? It is a hooded ship uh, that has uh, armored plating on top. And the sides are have, like, holes in them uh, that are currently boarded up. There's people at least around the ship and stuff? Yes, there's about, uh, they sent six people in. I'm going to say that there's probably another dozen people, kind of like, not like all like right by the ship. There's probably another six that are right by the ship by where Anjali is. And then like another six that are like guarding the stairs that are leading up to where the, uh, where everyone else went. None of them seem to be paying any particular attention to there's like probably one or two like kind of idly like kind of like all right checking that ship because there's still people around here not everybody has left obviously because there are people who work here uh things have quieted down like mostly it seems like they're kind of attending to them and making sure that they won't cause any trouble while they're getting their job done kind of like marking off the area be like hey you know civilians stay back kind of deal okay everyone's busy readying the ship i'm gonna go ahead and get off the ship I'm going to do so making sure that, like, I don't want Gabriella to see me leaving the ship yet. For sure. She has her attention on the stairs. You are more in danger of one of the other, nav- like, soldiers seeing you, but, like, not recognizing you, just seeing that you are a person that's around. I want to come off the ship. I want to look like I'm coming out from, like, the civilians and stuff in the area, and I want to approach Gabriella and be like, Gabriella? Oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. Actually, okay, wait, a little bit of a twist. I, I want to instead come up and find one of the Navy officers and be like, I need to speak to somebody who's in charge. There's there's a, a pressing matter at hand and then I'll see Gabriella and then be like, oh my goodness. Gabriella, is that you? Cool. 
then uh, it sounds like you are trying to hoodwink one of these naval officers. So you uh, you come off of the ship, and like I'm imagining, in this food court is also a kind of area where they've kind of cordoned off people because it's nice and off to the side. And uh, there are like two blue coats here, just kind of keeping an eye on things that you can approach. And uh, roll plus polish. That's an eleven. Awesome. Uh, yeah, no, on a hit, you've pulled it off. Uh, let's see how this conversation goes. So you uh, pull up to uh, these two blue coats who are just kind of standing idly by, you know, they've been given grunt work to like watch all of the civilians. I, I have a matter of importance that I need to discuss with whoever is your commanding officer. Oh my goodness, Gabriella. And I like yell out to her. Hey, who who do you think you are? You just can't come barging in. This is important union business, all right? Uh, excuse, I I know you're you're I know you're an officer, uh, Gabriella, Gabriella, and like yell out for her. You see that uh, you kind of catch her attention as she's like arms crossed, looking at the the stairs, uh, and you catch her attention, and she kind of turns, and there's a moment where she seems kind of cross, like who the fuck is. And then we'll promptly start like almost jogging over. And it's like, it's all right, boys. It's all right. This one's from me. And we'll kind of like do the like slow, like kind of jog up. Avery Morrigan, what are you doing over here? So good to see you. Oh my goodness. Oh, so good to see you. Uh, and she like brings you into this tight hug. Oh, uh, like, yeah. Anjali is this uh, shorter woman. She's got this like short, dark, curly hair. Uh, pale skin. She's got this kind of like tomboyish look. She's never been incredibly feminine uh, as a person. And like, she never like really did makeup. She never really did jewelry. Uh, she was always kind of a, a roughed up shirt and like torn pants from getting into trouble and uh, like getting into places that she wasn't supposed to be in. This sounds like somebody that Avery would have definitely had a lot of run-ins that, with then. Like, yeah. She is wearing the uniform, obviously blue, gold, silver, the whole nine yards for the Union Navy and is wearing a crest, dictating her as a captain. But uh, she's like decently shorter than you. She's like 5'2", um, <laughs> has a muscular build though. And like, you can kind of feel her like squeezing the wind out of you as she's giving you a hug. Uh, oh. Goodness, <laughs> look at you. Avery, look at you. What are you doing here? Last I heard you were rubbing shoulders with uh, big boys or something like that, right? Uh, well, you know, father got me a contract. It, it works out well, but uh, but but you, uh, you're yeah. a captain of your own ship. Last I'd heard you got run off and I'm so sorry about all that business. That was awful at the time. Yeah, 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 you know, uh, got in some trouble, you know. Uh. <laughs> Families. Uh, yeah, families. You know how they are. But, um, yeah, I had... Uh, Trust me, I do. <laughs> I, I'm sure you do, you Morrigans. I, you know, I was abroad for a bit, you know. I did a little bit of sailing here or there. But now, got this uh, cushy job. They seem to acknowledge my skills and abilities. Got promoted very, very quickly, very easily. And, well, here I am. Right, Rightly so. Look at you. Congratulations. Oh, thank, you, thank you. What brings you out here to Espinora? Oh, just business with the trading company. You know how it is. There's something of concern in the area that I thought might be worthy of your attention. Concern? 
these people, they've been carrying crates all over the area and dropping them down. I know there was at least a dozen or more that have been scattered around this area, and I don't know what they are, but uh, I think a notorious pirate fleet of some sort painted, painted something I, I heard mention. But uh, they took these crates all over the area, and I don't know where they've taken them, but it seemed suspicious, thought it might be worth notifying as a concerned citizen. As you are, say, the Painted Fleet, you see that she gives a look to uh, the other two uh, soldiers standing by, uh, and the two of them kind of, like, look back in, like, a knowing nod to her and says, show me where one of these crates are. Oh, of course. And I, I lead her to one of the ones that I saw. Not the one by the ship. I'm going to go to yeah, one yeah, of the yeah, other ones. But... One. Okay, cool. You uh, lead her over to one of the ones. Uh, you find one like kind of tucked away by one of the stalls. Yeah, I was just, I was shopping the stalls and I, I saw them drop it off here. Uh... It's a big crate. It has the uh, symbol of the painted fleet uh, alongside it, almost like as if it were and. This would be hard for us as people in this world to understand. But as an audience member, it would look like it's spray painted uh, onto the side of it. And the two union officers kind of look back and forth between each other uh, and then to the captain. And Gabriella kind of nods for them to open it. And you see one of them like reaches for uh, their sword, sticks it into the crate and begins to start trying to pry it open. And from there, we are going to cut to Bryn, Felix and Estefania in the room. The three of you have just heard all of the people outside uh, the commotion. You've heard Thorin uh, try to do like try to convince them of something. And then you heard a bunch of them run off, uh, assumedly after Thorin, after you've kind of heard his whole spiel. Bryn kind of continues phasing through the wall as, like, you know, they're talking, and, like, um, puts, like, a hand on Stephanie and is like, well, lucky for you, um, I'm not too keen on dying a second time either. If you give me a moment, it seems that Thorin has bought us some time. And um, Bryn, like, takes a moment and, like, the tattoos, like, kind of start to glow a little bit through her robes. And I'm going to roll for Twist Fate. That is a 10. Okay. Uh, on a 10, you get to pick one of the options. You rolled a 10, so you don't have to spend luck for this. Um, and I get to describe it, too? Yeah, you get to pick one of the following options. Uh, you remember something hidden in your pocket. What is it and how do you get it? You notice something overlooked in this area that might help you. What is it? You find a flaw or vulnerability in your opponent. Describe it. Or the weather, the wind, or the tides change. How do they help? I'm going to pick you notice something overlooked in this area that might help you. So Bryn takes a moment and, you know, like, I think that, like, when Bryn's doing this is kind of communing with spirits in the area. And, like, trying to, like, hear whispers of the past and things that are. And, like, I think a thing that Bryn, like, hears is, like, the sound of, like, children laughing and, like, the splashing of water as if people are jumping into this pool. And so then Bryn, like, comes back from this sort of, like, trance state and looks to both Felix and Stephanie and is like, how good are you both at swimming? I don't know who the fuck either of you are. I, I... What are you? Well, I don't think it's quite important right now. Um, I'm a murderer be... and she's a ghost. 
yes, I've noticed that. And there are also, and you see, like, she has, like, she still has her book out and, like, the scroll and, like, her uh, other hand that she's, like, tucking beneath her arm. And she goes to the door to look through the blinds uh, and sees, like, all the Navy out there and says, okay, assuming the two of you aren't Navy, you don't look it and don't sound it either. I can swim fine. Why do you ask? I have a feeling quite strongly, actually, um... But that pool out in the room there is not particularly shallow. It might go, it might lead elsewhere. I, and I feel like Felix, and mind him, his tact and prose is a bit lacking, but I don't think either of us want to die alongside you. So you either can try and make it out with us or go in the cuffs of the blue coats, and I don't think they'll take too kindly to someone of your stature. Sounds like you're parlaying with her. Give me a parlay roll. Roll plus polish. Uh-oh. Do I get a minus to polish also because of socially challenged? <laughs> that is correct. Yes, you get a minus one to it. We we pray, baby. You can use luck to uh, give yourself a plus one to this if you would like. Wait, I got to get my convincing dice out. Hey, I believe in you. I got this. Here's my convincing dice. It's a fucking 10, so it's at least an eight. Absolutely. Holy shit. On a seven and nine, they want to see you hold up your end of the bargain first, or they change the terms. The fates decide. Okay. Um, fine. But we're not going back to your ship. We're going to mine. That may cause some issues, but we'll discuss it in time. I can make that work for now. All right. You said the reflecting pool has another entrance? I believe so. It's either that or the cups of the blue coats, and so that's your choice to make. Fine. All right. I mean, the worst case scenario is a little bit of a dive into three inches of water. You end up in cuffs either way. Bren turns back and goes, Felix, are you joining us? Oh, yes, of course. Is your friend coming along? <laughs> are you still holding Sergio's body? I think I have been this whole time and like just kind of absentmindedly just like, oh, yes, friend. And I just like let it fall. He like falls boom, thump to the floor. Is there just like a just like a bag of generic valuables that I can take? There's the bag of gold that Oh yeah. There's the bag right. of gold that he dropped that Estefania like has no interest in. Did yeah. not grab. Yeah, I'm gonna grab the bag of gold. Okay. Dope. Easy. You grab that and she says, Alright. I'll lead the way. And kicks open the door. You see her reach inside of her robe and take out what looks like a black tube that has, like, paint splatter on it. Oh, shit. And she uh, points it out almost as if it was a wand and takes her other hand to pull a string that's on the bottom of it. And you see this almost like a firework shoot out straight at this group of six people who are like ready to charge in and it explodes into a cloud of multicolored smoke you hear like the the shouts of like the six soldiers out here who all just got ambushed by the smoke bomb and you hear her go run 